Please tweet on the Enneagram journey. Ron, you redacted all the information. I answered some of them. For date of birth, you wrote springtime. Which is true. Everything you write down is confidential. We need you to give real answers. Fine. Do you exercise? Yes, lovemaking and woodworking. Do you have any history of mental illness in your family? I have an uncle who does yoga. Allergies? Cowardice and weak-willed men. And hazelnuts. Sexual history. Epic and private. Okay. We've been on the run, driving in the sun, looking up for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. All right, so today we are actually talking about maybe one of the most controversial thing. Not really. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I do think, no, I do think, like, if you you could search for, you'd find some articles, like, on the Gospel Coalition where they'd be like, are you okay? Like, um, we're talking about the Enneagram. Enneagram. Listen, there's a lot of people in my life, like extended relatives, who are like, that's the devil's workshop. You don't want yeah. to know. Because I'll be like, what's your wing? What's your type? What's your number? And they're like, I, my number's Jesus. My number. And that's my number wing one. as well. Number yeah. one. Angel's <laughs> wings and Jesus' main and, number. And now it is 23% of all content on the internet. So, <laughs> And so the future is safer for me. Because I don't, you know, I haven't done anything wrong in the future. I haven't yeah. messed up. Yeah. I yeah. haven't, you know, I can be who I've created my head to be in the future. It's a great place, you know. Sure. And so I think that that's what's hard is, you know, I, and I tend to, I, I think the present is probably the hardest thing to balance and just to go, because I've always said contentment is a hard thing for me. And so mm-hmm. I think that goes hand in hand with um, being able to enjoy where I am and what I'm doing and what season of life I'm in rather than pushing forward so much. We are in the present now with, as you can tell, a fun episode of the Andy Graham Journey podcast. That, uh, that OC theme song, that's an earworm for sure. My name is Joel. Today's episode was recorded in Birmingham, Alabama in front of a live audience on the Andy Graham Journey Toward Wholeness Tour 22. Joining Suzanne on the journey is Anagram 7, Jamie B. Golden, and Anagram 3, Aaron Moon. You may know them already from the Bible Binge podcast or the Popcast with our friend Knox McCoy. Before we get to it, though, plug time. Final stop of the tour, Kansas City, Missouri, November 11th and 12th. Every episode, you're probably like, when is this tour going to be over? So he'll plug something else. But we're going to hammer this home until we pack that place. I'm reaching out today to a certain Anagram 8 and 9 couple to see if they'll be guests on the podcast on the 11th. And then Suzanne is going to enlighten us all with her teaching around the journey toward wholeness on Saturday. Q&A plenty and good times. November 11th and 12th, make it an early Thanksgiving present. Why should Christmas get all the love? You can sign up at the link in the show notes or at lifeinthetrinityministry.com slash tour22. Uh, if you're an Instagram person, there's a link in Suzanne's Instagram account. You'll find a link on the LTM account. You can find it. I'm personally going to be making the drive from Dallas. So do the same. Join me on the road. It's going to be awesome. November 11th, November 12th, Kansas City, Missouri. The Enneagram Journey podcast is produced by Life in the Trinity Ministry. The podcast is made possible by the support and contributions of individuals, groups, and institutions who also believe in a community encouraging self-knowledge, fostering spiritual maturity, and the values of Micah 6.8. You can support LTM and the Anagram Journey podcast by donating at the link in the show notes or at theanagramjourney.com you'll find a link. And of course, 
lifeinthetrinityministry.com. And now, at the coffee shop, let's join Aaron, Jamie, and the Anagram Godmother. Thank you very much. I owe uh, a couple, three people an apology, probably. Uh, the two pharmacists, would you all raise your hands? So, y'all, I've been so anxious to be teaching again and working again, and I just accosted them when I walked in. Like, I just grabbed them, and I said, it's about damn time. <laughs> because I'm so excited to be with people again and talking about the Enneagram and doing what we do. And we're, we're about four podcast tour stops in now, and I, I have regained my uh, uh, stamina or my whatever it takes to fly somewhere and talk and then go home. So anyway, thanks for that. And somebody else walked in the door and said hi. And I said, hi, it's so good to see you not on a screen. And then I thought, she walked away and I thought, oh, I bet she wonders what I meant by that. Well, I just meant that I've been doing things virtually and it's not my favorite thing to do. So thank you for being so gracious. And then my most important thing is to tell you who this guy is. So if you haven't ever met Joe Stabile, you get to. He's the dream of my dreams and the love of my life and the best human I know and um, really good looking. <laughs> yes. Easily embarrassed as well. There was a day that he would pull that guitar right off the wall and pick a little number yep. for you. Yep. Yep. All right. Jamie and Aaron, I'm going to go and st- I'm going to start with Aaron. Great. Okay, who has heard the Bible Binge podcast that released today? Who has listened to it? Oh, there are yeah. two people. A real okay. one, right okay. there. Yes, right. zero, we're zeros, <laughs> yeah. good job. All right, tell us who you are, all the, all the things, all the stuff. My name is Erin Moon. I am the senior creator for the, uh, creative for the Popcast Media Group, and I am the resident Bible scholar on the Bible Binge. Um, I am... A reluctant Enneagram three. I would rather you know me as an Enneagram zero. Uh, so, but I'm super excited to be here and be vulnerable with Suzanne. <laughs> I can't even tell you how excited I am. So, I'm real pumped. It's gonna you be know, great. Uh, as, as long as you want to be zero, then I can run through how you act like you're each of the other nine numbers. Oh, do it, do it, do oh. it. See. <laughs> See, this is what this is going to be like for me, and I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm pumped. I'm brave. I can do it. Your turn. (laughs) Well, I am Jamie Golden. I, at Knox, is my business partner. We run the Podcast Media Group, the PMG. We have two podcasts. The first is the Podcast with Knox and Jamie. We talk about uh, pop culture, things that entertain but do not matter at all on Wednesdays. And then we have the show, The Bible Binge, where we recap Bible stories. We talk about church-related things, but in a way that's almost heretical, but not quite. So Very on the line, though. It's very on the line, but we, uh, we thrive in our numbers. There's 10 people on our staff. Uh, we don't have any eights or nines. Um, none of that's on purpose, maybe. And uh, we have a lot of threes on staff um, because we find when you're emotionally stunted, you work very hard. Um, and so we really like that. Yeah. So we're so excited. We love the Enneagram. Suzanne is a spiritual mother to me in many ways that she does not know. And so we're so excited. We're honored to be here with you guys. What's your number? Oh, I'm a seven. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> 
I'm just breathing deeply because if any feelings are going to be involved in this conversation, clearly they're going to have to come from me. <laughs> That's right. We like to work around yeah. rather than through. Mm -hmm. Yes, you, you do. so much. And you're really good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I received that. <laughs> Well, we've got, that's a quick little teaser. We're not going to get to it at this moment, but man, it killed me when you, you can hack your feelings. You can hack your crying. You can hack and that's crying. therapist approved, oh, by the way. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, we're going to talk about that in a moment. What I unfortunately do want to do, I did listen to the Bible binge today. And let's just hear Erin talk on her own here without the microphone. So then I started, I read uh, The Road Back to You by uh, Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile and discovered that I was not a seven and learned and just kind of then fell down the rabbit hole. And uh, I now actively hate the Enneagram. Right. <laughs> All right, so we've got that. And... Let's just continue. All right, yeah, let's play another clip. I guess you presumed we wouldn't be listening while we were traveling. <laughs> I mean, I thought maybe. <laughs> maybe not. <sighs> I give it a, I give it a slightly favored. <laughs> just slightly. Like yeah. a 50-50 like split, what would you make the favored? 51. Wow. Yeah. Here, that's the most performative approval I've ever I seen know. in my life. Just say you, say you don't like <laughs> it. Fine, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like being known. This is so. Liter this is literally, too much. Literally, the motivation of us as believers. <laughs> I know. To be known. I just want it to be Jesus. Jesus you can't talk Jesus. to any of you guys. I'm not looking forward to Friday night. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's right. I forgot. We'll be on stage. I'm not looking forward to Friday night and being on the stage. And I'm now, so happy to be here, though. Is it the roosters have come home to roost? I'm a city boy. What is it? Something. Something's come home to roost. The buzzards have come home to roost. I feel that in All my right, spirit. So my goal tonight is that we're going to change that narrative. I do love, though, that you all talked about my number is Jesus. <laughs> what, as people that aren't doing the Enneagram Journey podcast, what pushback have you all gotten as far as the Enneagram, the Enneagram and... Being part of the cult. Oh, I for sure. I uh, I had a friend, Lee Kramer, who did the Enneagram like with flashcards. And I was like, what is this magic? Let me do some flashcards. It was like a game. And she was like, you're a seven. Good luck. And then left and went back to Chicago. And I was like, oh, no. And so I started to read. And then obviously, I've read everything that Suzanne has written. I've, I've taken all our online courses. I'm going tomorrow. I'm so excited. And But I started leading a small group at my church, which we call Sexy Church for reference. It's uh, dark, and they serve hot fluids. at, And everyone is hot. And everybody is attractive on yeah. stage. So we call it Sexy Church. But I remember getting a call. I was leading a, an Enneagram small group with your book, and I got a call from the mothership. And they're like, hey, so we've gotten some calls that you're leading a cult. Could you just verify if that's accurate? And I was like, oh my gosh, could I lead a cult? Is this an opportunity I have missed? And I was like, no. And so they sent someone to, to be in the group while I did it. And then the irony was, um, and I don't understand how to define irony, but the irony was that... Uh, I ended up leading a small group for the staff of Sexy Church, 
like three years later, because they were like, oh, we're really into this. Yeah. I was like, welcome to the cult. <laughs> welcome to the cult. We're glad to have you. Yeah, glad to have you. You and Knox are seven and five, head triad. Aaron kind of jumped off sides a little bit when that was brought up. Yeah, yeah. Can y'all talk about that dynamic? Well, okay. So I'm a three. I'm a shapeshifter. You don't have to tell them every time. Don't Whatever. You're right. I don't. Um, but what's interesting is that I, I feel like I, I want to think and put myself in their heads a little bit. So anytime there's like, okay, this is some feedback that, do I share this? I don't know if this is, okay, do I need to talk about this? Should I do this myself or should I ask? And it's, it's very, it's, it's hard for me as someone who is in the feelings triad but is like, I don't really know what they are. And I don't have any logic whatsoever no, unless I, I can like put myself in it. Thank you, I appreciate that. And so it's always, I'm always attempting to get into their headspace, so to say. I, I mean, I feel like, I don't know if that's a three thing or just me being a people pleaser. I don't know where the line no, is, No, 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 that's a three thing. Okay, yeah. And that's because if you can't get in their headspace, mm -hmm. then you can't guarantee success with the outcome. Yes. That oh, is. that's the first bomb for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that I wish is. I don't have a bomb drop. Like yeah. I've got you need that, you need boom. that, yeah. We'll work on that. Right. I, I right. do have a drop and, and, for the record. Well, and, and success has to do with the majority of the people. So threes don't get sidetracked by three people who don't look happy. They get, to get their attention, half of the group has to be unhappy. Otherwise, all is good. So if, of course it's true. What are you talking uh, about? <laughs> Don't look at me. Look at her. <laughs> yeah, look that at is her. not okay. up for discussion. Well, my question, because I, we have a joke that I, in my contract, I have a specific number of Fs I'm allowed to give. Yep. So sometimes I use those Fs on people who email us that are mad because I said, like, I don't know, Adam doesn't, didn't really exist or something. They yep. get really upset about Adam for some reason. So, my, but so I really want to bring that person back. So that feels like very specific one person that I want to, I want to bring back. Let me, oh, let me, yeah, let me jump in right here. She's not here tonight. Uh, a lot of you have probably corresponded at some point with Laura, who works at LTM. And Laura cares about the things that don't need to be cared about. <laughs> yeah, because when we, in her contract, like she'll reach her total Fs for the year, which is three. Because she'll use them all year long. And so we say, I'm sorry, you're out of S. But I could email, no, I'm so yeah. sorry, you're out of S. Please focus on your job. And so <laughs> that's part of it. But I, I do think it's hard, it's difficult for our staff because we, we had a staff retreat where we brought everybody. We, our staff work all over the country in four time zones. And so we flew them all in and like doted on them. And that was because the three runs our company. Okay. And so <laughs> not because we, we were like, ooh, look, shirts. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, but at one point, the staff basically told us, we thought you flew us here to fire us. And we were like, wait, wh why? And they were like, well, we just didn't know if we were always doing a good job and we love this work and it feels too good to be true. And, and you know, y'all don't really, 
And we were like, oh no, we have done something wrong because we're like, we said you did, we said you did a good job. We were like, good job. That one time you did a good job. And they were like, but we need to hear it more. And then the four cried and it was like complicated. And you know, and we were like, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I never, and then Knox never came back from the bathroom. Cause he's an Enneagram five, so. Well, I think, I think what we're getting to that we need to really talk about for a minute. Oh no, oh, no. Just a minute. I don't like this at all. <laughs> Let's take our shoes off for a second here. <laughs> is that motivation is everything. And so I go after the one person in the room because I want everybody in the room to want me. Yeah, not your, that's not your thing no. at all. Yeah. Your thing is, and Laura's, this person seems a little bit out of bounds enough to hurt us oh. if we don't figure out how to bring them in. Okay. All leading to, uh-oh, you're a problem, and I don't like you, but you could affect our success, which I need to watch out for, so... Um, and you cannot go to the bathroom right now. I can't. No, nope, you you're sure? here to stay, darling. Okay, I'm right? here. No. So I'm... we have to get back to over and over and over what's the motivation. Okay. And their motivation, along with Knox, is never going to have anything to do with feelings. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm aware. Right? And so, <laughs> so we have to carry all of that. Yes. Yeah. We do. But oh you're worried about the big picture, and I have to read every room. 500 people or 50, one person at a time. So I've been reading the room since I got here because that's the only way I can find my place. And that's based on my reason for being here, and that's completely different from any three ever. Right? Yes. And so you're in the feeling triad, but you're not limited by being in the feeling triad. Oh, because oh, say more oh, about she's how into that. Yeah, tell me more. Saying? Wow, and you're not limited by that because you read with feelings, but then you set feelings aside. You don't let them affect you. I don't have that gift, and fours certainly don't have it. But fours do so many things for us, like teach us how to feel, or make us cry. They do that a lot. They do that a lot, yeah. but. Do you send them a note and thank them? Or? No. No. No, never. no. No. It's like, oh, that was so helpful. Don't ever do it again unless I plan it. Right? Yes, that's exactly yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. i got to have it planned. How does it feel to go through therapy in front it's of all these great. people? I'll be honest. Good? It's tough. Well, you're the it's one tough. who said, you know, all the stuff you said, so I thought. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. I did this to myself. You're yes, right. you did. Yeah. But their, their moment in time is coming. Oh, I know. Yeah, I feel it's it. It's going to be so fun. I feel it. It's going to be great. I'm going to tell you, we'll redact your number. You know, I feel like that was a thing. that <laughs> Since they're being Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it won't help everybody. I'll know what it is. <laughs> One of the things I, I really want to hear the conversation between the two of you is y'all talked about uh, hack. Wait, hang on. I want to get it right. You can hack your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And then the two, but what I loved about it was the two different angles that y'all came from. Yes. So uh, Aaron taught me how to hack my crying because we are feelings repressed and proud. Right. Um, and so tell them how you, how you handle it. So... I realized that there was like a, I was stuffed with feelings and I needed to get rid of them. 
uh, and I don't want to experience them. Are those your words? Get rid of the feelings <laughs> for threes? No. And uh, so I discovered that when I watch things that make me cry, I like trick my brain into thinking that I've felt the emotion. <laughs> And I want to repeat that this is therapist approved. So um, I'm not an insane person. But now the way I do it is I watch like an episode of Queer Eye or I watch uh, soldiers coming home with their dogs. And it's all happy stuff, but it still makes me cry. So I don't have to feel sad. But you use it in a different way. Yes. So I watch something that's debilitatingly sad like Dear Zachary the documentary where he's dead now and you find out at the end but now I know at the beginning because I've watched it 20 times so when I experience something sad. You start crying early. That <laughs> that's, right, that's right and so I watch things that make me feel truly very very sad and so that I can be like oh look you processed you're the family hurt and the childhood wounds you have good job let's go have a snack. So <laughs> That's our process. Yeah, that's our process. So, so actually, jealousy's not really my thing. I got my own stuff, plenty of it, but it's just not jealousy. But I, I want to learn how to hack my thinking. Oh. oh that doesn't good. work. No. No, every time I try, so, like, I've learned there are two things I can't do. I can't pretend a deep thought, because then people look at me like, And I'm not good at flirting, as it turns out. I don't know. I've seen I, what you, happens there here. There seems to be a lot of tension yeah, here I in like a good it. way. I'm into it. Well, that's this a rigged flirting. situation. This, yeah. this is just how we do life like that. <laughs> so, every, you know, pastor. Lots, there's not a pastor on the planet who doesn't have a person flirting with them. Not one in their church. There isn't one. Yeah. And he usually has a, several women who are flirting with him. So years and years and years ago, I said... You know, I don't, I don't think you know how this feels from my side, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to flirt tonight. Go. We're going to a party, and I'm going to flirt, and you're going to see how it feels. He said, okay, well, I'm, I'll be watching. <laughs> so I walk up to this guy who's, you know, way tall and good-looking and all that stuff, and I start flirting. And he sure does. Stop and pat me on the head and say, are you okay? <laughs> to which he just, that exact look from across the room, the exact thing. So my only other experience of that horrific feeling is when I've tried to hack thinking. You know, so like people are talking about something I don't know anything about. But I want to be in the conversation. So I just say a thing that sounds like it's real smart. And they go. Do, do you think that thinking, if we're going to just keep using this terminology for this part of the conversation, that thinking is the hardest to hack? Well, you know, we're, sure. Well, I'm, you say sure because that's your thing. Now I need you to not hack thinking. Let's do it. Do we really so need aggressive. him? <laughs> that was an impulsive response, though. Let's I bet it was. Second <laughs> No, from your you side. You will answer yeah. for later. Don't worry. Yeah, and your feelings will not be hacked. <laughs> they will be real. <laughs> and I've, you've heard this conversation from me before tonight. I don't know. Like, 
doing seems easily to hack. Sure. He just he does it all the time. Something. I'm sorry, Dad. Nines, you hack doing all the time. You don't do the stuff that needs to be done. You do the stuff you want to do that makes it look like you're so busy you're trying to get to the stuff that needs to be done. Right? Right? Yes. Absolutely right. You can't do that with thinking. And without Vaseline on a, I mean, uh, what was the heavy, methylatum on a Kleenex, you can't hack crying. Well, evidently, you two have it mastered. We can. She has a theater degree, That's so right. I can, <laughs> I can do that. You know, I wonder how many threes have a theater degree. A lot. A lot of us. Because we don't want to be ourselves, but yeah. we want you to think that we're other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, most of us don't want to be ourselves either. Well, that makes me feel better, Suzanne. It yeah. really does. Are you going to cry a little Maybe. Bit? I don't know. A feeling? So, um, what's the difference in you two? For everybody here, what's the difference in the two of you, other than Joel's an introvert and you're obviously not? <laughs> right. And then let's talk about what the difference is. Then y'all talk about what the difference is between the two of you in sevenness and Aaron in threeness. Well, first, I have a Pikachu. He has a Dukachu. Um, so that's biology. And then I, I don't know. Like, uh, I have ADHD, like a diagnosis. Super proud. <laughs> I will not pay attention the whole time we're here. So um, I don't know. What do you feel like there are the differences between it? Because I do feel like Joel is very thoughtful and but I think he has a great sense of humor so I hope we share that and but I think he's thoughtful in ways that I'm not or at least he comes across maybe it's his soothing voice but he comes across particularly on the podcast as very thoughtful and I have to be like I'm thoughtful this is what a thoughtful person would do <laughs> like I have to really have I have to train for it I have to train for thoughtfulness not because I'm, I don't care, but because, like, I think every number obviously has its uh, road to health, right? <laughs> and for me, it's knowing that, okay, you're not always going to, you're only going to be present with the people who are present. And so there are people who are not here that you love, that would love to hear from you. So you have to set an alarm on your phone that says, check in with Kara. And you'll be like, and it goes off and you're like, hey, Kara, how's your day today? <laughs> and she, as an Enneagram 6, feels cared for in that way, and I will be like, check, we did it. <laughs> but I think that is thoughtful. That's just the thoughtful way that it expresses itself with you. Yeah, I try, I try. But I, I do have to have a system. I have to think, what's the system for thoughtfulness? Yep. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, it, and I have it to comes from a it. different place. It yeah. comes from thinking. Yes, it comes and from thinking. And not from feeling. No. Right. Because right. I do love her, but I don't think about her when she's not in front of me all the time. There you know you what I mean? Like, sometimes you're not going to think, I'm just going to be here with you and then be like, oh, wait, is she okay? Why haven't I heard from her? And so. Yeah. So, Joel, all I can say to you is now I know what it used to be like when somebody asked you a question and I answered for you. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a whole lot of spot on. Uh, <laughs> oh, Good. No, I, I honestly think the only answer is the introvert versus extrovert. And I think it's the introvert that slows me down in talking. As you were going, I was just like. <laughs> and then when you started talking about relationships, it is feeling, though. You said that's thinking that comes from feeling, but that's the. So I actually have to 
kind of put a reminder when I wake up and leave for the day, like, hey, man, at 10 o'clock, check on your wife. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but that is feeling for me. Like, I don't, at 10 o'clock, I might be doing something really awesome, <laughs> and I don't want to check on her. But I love her, and I want her to know that, and that's the time that I need to check in. And so I've got to, it, you can't, like you say, and I'll shut up so that you can say it, you can't change how you take in the information. It is, man, I really love my wife from a head perspective. And then, because my wife is really phenomenal, and if she wasn't, we wouldn't be married. Then it's the repressed feeling is how do you show her that you love her? You need to put on your phone to send her a text at 10 o'clock telling you that you love her because you know that she doesn't have a session from 10 to 11 on this day and she can answer the phone. And if I don't, I won't do it. Then we're back to, you know, the therapist. So, yeah. Uh, Before we go on, Reverend, do you have a reminder on your phone to call me in the mornings? <laughs> I'm only five years into this. Yeah, he's got a he's got a thirty chunk. Cuts from the heart. You know, I knew you two could get yourselves in trouble, but I hadn't thought about you getting us in trouble until just now. <laughs> so I think there is a phenomenal difference in an introverted and an extroverted seven. I think the same is true in five, and I think the same is true in four. And not so much in other numbers. It's much more subtle and, and easily seen and noted. But in those three numbers, if you're an extrovert, people read you differently than they do introverts of your number, which means that those of you who are assigning numbers to people need to stop because you will be wrong a high percentage of the time for that reason and because you don't know what motivates people to do what they do. So, Jamie. Um, here we go. <laughs> first of all, has everybody taken note that everybody sitting here is in therapy? Yeah, we did it. Y'all, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Like, if, if everybody needs a spiritual director and everybody needs a therapist, and if you don't have one, go get one. The worst time to get a therapist is when you need a therapist. It's like you don't have time to tell them all that stuff that got you here. It, it's like you got a problem right now, Right. Get a therapist and get a good one. And if the first one you get is not a good one, fire them and get another one. Same with spiritual director. The fact that those two words are together doesn't mean that it's a holy person. So don't get caught with a spiritual director who's not the right one for you. You don't have to do that. And a good spiritual director will say, let's try this out for a little bit. If it works for both of us, we'll keep going. If it doesn't, then no hurt feelings and try something else. It's the best some weeks. Other weeks, it's not the best. It's just to be clear. What, therapy? Yeah, you were like, therapy's the best. That's a, that's a roller coaster of a relationship. No, it is. In the long run, it's the absolutely, best. Absolutely, absolutely. I am convinced that there are children who are being diagnosed with ADHD who are extroverted sevens who don't have ADHD. Yeah, I'm also convinced that there are nines who are being diagnosed with ADD, and I'm convinced that there are fours who are being diagnosed as bipolar. Like, I, I'm convinced of that. Not that some of those who are diagnosed aren't and don't, but I think we're, like, way into that. 
and people who learn the Enneagram look at that differently. What do you think is the difference? Um, I can absolutely see where it could be. Because when I, I, you know, I'm 46, so when I was young, it was just, good luck. And I, my teachers would say, you have hearing problems. She has a hearing problem. you got to get her hearing test. Because I would just wander around and be like, what are y'all doing after school? We don't hang out at the playground. <laughs> like, it was a lot of, like, meeting people, you know, in the first grade. And, uh, but my mom had a doctor. My pediatrician was great and said, you know, I think she might and at the time, ADD was different than ADHD. It's now all under one umbrella. But she was like, I think she's ADD. Because my mom was like, she's not hyper. She just <laughs> loves to watch the prices right. Like, she's not running around. And uh, so, I, so I started. That's a mother in denial if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but and if I'm not wrong, she's a two on the Enneagram. She's a two. Yeah. Uh, she's a precious We're going to talk about that in I a know. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but. I do think what happened was, like, now, and it has, I've gone through seasons of being medicated and not, because I don't really love the medication, and so I mainly medicate with espresso and chewy sweet tarts, um, because sugar and caffeine really help focus me, and, and I use a lot of timers. I think the difference in friends that have been sevens is my focus, it's not even about focusing, I can't focus on fun things. I can't focus on a good time. Right. Like, it's a lot of... Uh, just really being like you have to do, not even the mundane, like you have to make an Instagram story right now about the episode, and you loved the episode, and it was fun, but I have to have a lot of timers. Um, I have a, a lot of time blindness, which is very common for people who have ADHD, where you just are like sitting there, and you're like, I'll do this for two minutes, and then nine hours is Pat, and you're like, that's why is it closed? Why is that restaurant closed? Oh, it's 10. Well, I got to find something to eat. Like, you know, and so for me, I have some of the really classic medicinal, like medical issues when it comes to that, that also pair really beautifully like a wine with Enneagram 7-ness. <laughs> don't forget that line, Joel. We need that line. <laughs> the, they go, they're, they're great together because I'm a good time even though if I'm, I may not be on time. You know what I'm saying? That's I, accurate. I do That's know right. what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who listen to either of those two podcasts, it, it, it makes me wonder, since Knox is all about whiteboarding and you're all about timers, do you just walk in there and there are timers <laughs> going off and he's writing stuff on a whiteboard somewhere? No, you know, you know we actually all kind of work separately. Yeah. And we found that that is really helpful for I'll us bet. because, because well, Knox, you know, he lives because in... Because Jamie really needs to be alone. Well, yeah, she does. Yes. And, and Knox she, prefers to be alone. Bingo. And so And Knox, you can be 10 different people if you're alone. Exactly. All good. You nailed it. So Knox lives in Chattanooga, so he's doing his own thing. And then, or he works in Chattanooga. And then, you know, Jamie preps at home a lot because... Really because of the attention, because if I am with her in a good way, and we, we can talk about that, that threes and sevens make great good timers together. Like, we have a good time. We make a lot of bad choices. What is it? We, uh, we are financially irresponsible and self-indulgent. Yes. Yeah. So we make a great pair. But I, uh, I need to be able, it's part of my ADHD, and maybe it's a seven trait to you. I have to self stem if you understand stemming so you talk out loud and you like processing so when I'm doing like bible binge 
like we're doing an episode on Solomon, I'm have to be like, Solomon, he doesn't seem that great. I don't understand why we're talking about. I'm saying that out loud in my house. But if I do that in the office, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Solomon, he seems not that great. She'd be like, he's not that great. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's let me look tell at it you why. And I'd be like, and then I'd want to talk about it. But I really need to just. And I always say it's like a mixture of I'm talking to myself and talking to God. Like we're, I'm talking to him all the time, like out loud. That's very common. And so it's part you of it. You know, people call that prayer. I think you should. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Am I a prayer expert? Yes. Uh, see me after, after party, um, where Joe will play that guitar. And so for me, it's, I, I do best in prep. But I do love having people. So it's another ADHD trait is having people with you but they don't talk to you. So you can be very accomplished if they're just in the room. It's having just like a support human. She's my emotional support coworker. Joe's your emotional support husband. So that's perfect. Yes, he's my everything husband. Uh, What does that mean? Can you unpack that? But when he's trying, no. No. (laughs) But when he's trying to work, he doesn't necessarily love having me in the room. Oh, well. This is where you say, oh, honey, that's not true. He was like, she makes a good point. (laughs) I want to talk about the fact that you're very comfortable. And I want this to be a very honest conversation, but not inflammatory. I want to talk about why you think threes and sevens as two of the three aggressive numbers are so comfortable together. And what you lose with that comfort if you have an eight in the mix. Is this the end of our friendship? Is that what's <laughs> happening here? You're going to break us up? No. No. <laughs> She's bringing us closer. I think what it is, listen, our best example of this is we were at a concert um, at Iron City. We were seeing Maggie Rogers. And while we were at Maggie Rogers, we bought tickets unexpectedly to see John Mayer. Like, while we were there, we were just like, should we see John Mayer too? Let's do that too. Let's go. Let's keep going and doing things. Oh, the air. I was like, is okay. God, I thought it was is a God bird. coming? I thought someone, like, kicked, whole, a, I thought someone kicked a dog. I heard a... Okay, sorry. So, we, we... It's okay during that moment. We only missed 1,000 words. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I swear to God, I thought someone kicked a dog over there. And I looked over to the left side, and someone nodded their head. That wasn't helpful. Someone was like... Yep, so it happened. So we, so we, we are planning a trip in December. We're doing a trip called Relics and Ravioli, which is just basically we want to see Paul's bones in the Vatican, and we want to eat a lot of ravioli. And so we were like, should we do this? Should we spend five figures on a trip? And we were like, yes, let's do it. And so we're in debt now, but we are going on a nice trip to Italy. So that's kind of how I think the good thing is we – we encourage each other a lot. Like, yes, you can do that. Yeah, you'll be great at that, that thing. But we're not always realistic with each other. No, no. And, an, and are you saying that an eight messes that up? Well, you know, eights, they just yell so much. We're not around. I mean, I'm not around a lot of eights other than my dad. Yeah, my dad, our, our dads are eights. Is that what did this to us? Yes. <laughs> This is going to be therapy, and I didn't know it till just now. We have we have eight. We both have eight dads and two moms. Yeah, that's true. This might be completely incorrect. It seems to me, with an eight, in my experience, if an eight comes with the idea that I'm on board with, then bam, we're shelling out the the cash to go to Italy. 
if I come to the eight with the idea, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Like, eight, eight's got to be the idea, man, for it to get all, all people on board. Or eights are not as adaptable as you are. Don't feel as much freedom as you do. Well, and eights will say no. Like, they'll just be confident in their no. They'll just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to really go looking for a yes man right three. now. <laughs> Who is that? Yes every time. <laughs> it, it is just fascinating to me that when aggressive numbers gather, they are generally gathering with threes and sevens, and eights are not part of the gathering. And I think eights prefer that too. Like I don't think that's a. Oh, I definitely don't think the eights like no, our no vibe all the time. No, no eight has been like, can I hang out? Yeah, they're no. all like, they're, uh, they're not into out. it. They're not yeah. into us. No, they're not. And so, it, it's a it's a fascinating expression of being feeling repressed and aggressive number. I think. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. Joel's thinking. Yeah, I'm just man. I'm really leaning into this, and I think it has to do with control. How many eights in the room? Let's go ahead and get that. How many people are, who are with eights in the room? Yeah, okay. That's a different question. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they raise their hands much slower. <laughs> that was a very different. They're not big joiners. Yeah. Eights are not joiners. They're like, you join me. Italy sounds cool, but you know what sounds better? You know why I think this will be good? And now I'll explain to you why it's better. And they've already convinced themselves, mm-hmm. and they're probably right, but it's not, my, it's not the thing that I wanted to do. And now we're threes and sevens, like, well, I, I kind of had this plan. And well, we can't get our deposit back, so. Yeah, yeah this is happening. They've been very clear about that yeah. in the bylaws. Yeah, man. But I, I think eights, eights aren't joiners. So I'm interested in how, because is it okay if I say your wing? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested We'll, we'll in redact ha- it later, like okay. we're going to do with your <laughs> Thank color. you. I'm interested in how that would present itself since Jamie has an eight wing and she is a seven. Like, what does that, how does that work itself out? Mm-hmm. So, in Jamie's brain, <laughs> there's a chance that it, it is either doing and thinking or thinking and doing. And they just feed off of one another, right? Because eights are, are all about doing and sevens are all about thinking about doing and thinking of all the things they can do. And so a seven with an eight wing gets permission. I mean, it's readily available. It's not ever denied to do what they thought of. And so what's missing there is that little touch of fear (laughs) that Joel has because he has a six wing. I was going to say, I think, let's touch back on the previous conversation. I think it is secondary to introvert-extrovert. But our wings being different, yeah. where I am very much, I don't like. I will wait things out until the decision doesn't need to be made. Oh, okay. Like that is, I'm if if I don't know, I'm like, let's see, let's let's just see how this feel it out. Yeah, let's see what happens. And if nothing ever happens and no one ever says anything to me again, <laughs> kick ass. <laughs> uh, that's good. Whereas I think a seven with eight wing is like, I've got an answer to this, and let's do this. Yeah, I very much am someone who will be like, yeah, let's do it. And then it's like, hey, we, we ran out of gas. Uh-oh, this will make a great story. You know, I very much lean into the story side of things. So sometimes, like, and I think it disturbs them. I'm sometimes like, you know, when I get cancer, because I will, it's, I'm going to 
like I'm gonna it's gonna be the best story like it'll happen the weirdest way and it'll be because of like you know I went to Chernobyl to see the ruins and then they were like well there was still some left over and so you got it and I'll be like y'all I got Chernobyl cancer and now I have a great story so it's I never see it as like we can't undo what we've done we can always undo it all right we got to talk about the difference in you and me because they are manifold your calendar but I uh, I went to the dentist like in early December and she said oh what is that spot on the back of your throat I said what what spot um I, I think you need to get in to see your doc right away like you could call from here I said wow. okay so then it of all the things that I thought might happen to me <laughs> that might you know, hinder me in some way. It never occurred to me that something might happen to me that would mean I couldn't talk, <laughs> which is like the thing, right? <laughs> I, I can make almost do anything, but if I can't talk, I, then what will we do? Not that's not for you to answer. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so then I went to the, my doc who said, I think we need to get you to an oncologist before Christmas if we can. So then I go to the oncologist, and they say, we can't do the biopsy till after Christmas, but we think it's probably going to be fine. What, what does that mean, right? I don't like that at all. But you see, my response was in my head. I've never said this out loud, and I wish I wasn't saying it now because my children will know it now, and then they will tease me about it until I die. <laughs> but I'm just trying to connect to you here, Jamie. It's yes. just, this is for you. Thank you. I was thinking, should I go ahead, like, if this is my last Christmas, should I make videos for the children? Like, should, should I go ahead and do that, right? Yeah, right, And right. you're thinking, boy, have I got a story for yeah. you, right? Yeah. And it's the same setup. Yeah. It's just a completely different emotional response. Yes, because I heard a director, uh, he was talking about the book, um, All the Light We Cannot See. It's being made into a series and they're filming. Yep. And they, the, the young girl is blind, so they hired a blind girl who has never acted. And they were talking about having to get on her mark where she can stand for lighting. They have to add a little bump to the tape so she knows where to stand. And they'll tell her, like, you're acting too much with your face. You know, and, and the director had to learn how to give instructions. And the whole time I was listening to that, I was like, what would happen if I was blind? What if I went blind right now? Could I still do the podcast? Yeah, I would just have to have more help. Like, I could get a new TV. It was not negative. It was never negative. It was just like, oh, my gosh, I would be the better podcaster between me and Knox because I would be blind. And he wouldn't have, I, he wouldn't have any issues. So I very much, like I, <laughs> I went to the eye doctor once and I said, I'm having some trouble sometimes seeing the clasp on my necklace. And uh, she was of course like, oh, well, mm, you're over 40. Like that's what it is. And I was like, ugh. I was kind of hoping I'd have like eye cancer or something and there'd be like a whole journey that we would go on together. And she was like, no, I'll see you in a year. Like, bye. Get some readers. Right. See you later. Get some readers. We don't need to remove your retina. <laughs> that, that wing six. Now I will say, can I say this? Aaron, Aaron is a, uh, I'm gonna, can I say it? Yes. yes. Aaron is a nervous flyer. 
Um, and there's usually gummies of some sort, legal of course, involved. And she, tell, the, tell them what you do every time you take a trip. It's a long way to Italy, baby. It is a long way, and I have a lot of gummies for that. Okay. I have a flight meditation. I oh, have good for you. Thank you. Um, I have I have like a whole process. But something that I will connect with you now. Uh, anytime I leave my children on an airplane, I write them letters that could possibly serve as the last letter they ever get from me. So it's like, I love you so, like, I want them to have something that they could like, I don't know, tattoo on their body when they're like, oh man, I miss mom so much. It'd be so great to have her last letter on me. I want that for them. Like I want to prepare that, prepare the way for them. You well, think they're going to tattoo a full letter? How many tattoos do you no, have? No, no, no. Oh, She's yes. a three. She won't have many words it's with like, her feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very like, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I just want like one last thing. That they can, you know, fall One asleep thing, to at night. Every time she like goes on a girls' trip to Cancun, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like every trip yeah. she takes, she writes dead letters to her kids. Yeah. Well, well, and there's a reason for that. What is it? <laughs> Tell me. It's because it's really hard for you to share those mushy feelings on a regular basis. I'm sure they know that you love them deeply, and that you'd do anything for them, but. The verbiage that goes with that is just doesn't come naturally. And you can't, I, I, like, I get how y'all can watch a movie and be sad or do a thing and be sad, but you can't, you can't conjure that up in real relationship in real time. That's true. You just yeah. can't do it. No. Do threes and sevens catastrophize more than other human beings? Because when y'all talk about things, mine are a little different. I'm a little bit more realistic with my expectations and my tattoos. And if there's ever something wrong with me, I'm like, this is the one. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. So I got. Uh, but negatively. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it is a catastrophe. Yeah. yeah. We, we had dinner last night, the three of us. They, we all got on the first floor elevator, went to the second floor. Where's mine? I got off of it. We're talking for a second. And just, is it. Biological that I have vertigo? Possibly. Yeah. Probably. It's probably is. Uh, the girls and I have it. But yeah, and so I get off the elevator, I'm talking to them, and all of a sudden, my legs like give out and the whole world is spinning. How many of y'all have had vertigo? Yeah, and it, but, but it was, it was literally standing there talking to them, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, and I was like, oh my God, am I about to collapse in front of my parents off the elevator? Well, thank God I'm not five, like, because elevator's going. <laughs> So. <laughs> my favorite thing when I talked to him later, he said, I was just wondering how y'all were going to carry me to my room. My room, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I said, we were going to drag you. So, but that's what I catastrophize. And when I go to, I, I don't go to the doctor, but if I were to, I would think it was for something awful. I've got cancer now. Yeah. Like well, so this, what I'll tell you is you have a long way to go to catch up with fours. <laughs> so, no, you two are not the worst. Your numbers are not the worst. The thing I want to tell all of you, this is everything that I hoped it would be and far more. <laughs> and here's why. It is very difficult to get this kind of vulnerability from these two numbers. Very difficult. I know. Drop. Let's, let's go. Let's get <laughs> they're, they're just feeding off of each other. 
And it's like they don't feel isolated and different. And they usually do. This lovely woman is hiding. And these two are also hiding, but they're hiding behind humor. And they're throwing in enough humor so they can breathe. And they're telling you things they don't tell anybody. Because I guess y'all have forgotten that this is a podcast. and We're going to put it out in the world like people are going to know. We did. You can't... You can't create this with one seven. You can't create this with a seven and a three who don't know one another well. You can't do it because they are extraordinarily private people who are telling you stuff they don't tell people because they have each other. So good job. I'm probably saying this too early, but there seems to be enough energy in the room that you won't (laughs) stop. And it's not because of the coffee. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, that's right. <laughs> Grab and go. I, <laughs> I have a question. So, y'all, first of all, will you remind me what PMG stands for? It's the Popcast Media Group. We named it because the Newman Group was on the OC, and so we wanted an homage to the OC TV show, obviously, when we formed a business. And also, we loved actor Mark Paul Gosseler from Saved by the Bell, so we wanted his initials in our company name. So it's, I mean, this is like a business podcast now. Do y'all want more advice on starting a business? Well, ours is connected to... The triune God, Father, Son, uh, Holy Spirit. Well, I mean, oh, I don't know. Okay. I guess you did the best. I guess you did the best you could. But that's obviously, I mean, it's no Mark Paul Gosseler. <laughs> Zach Attack. Okay, that's fine. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's great. All right, small, and, and another small sidestep. When was the last time you watched the OC? I mean, like Thursday. Oh Here's, my gosh. Wait a minute, y'all. Here's a sidestep. Who in the room knows what they're talking about? That's, those, are, those are our people. Yeah. It's okay. Well, it is okay, but why don't you educate the entire middle of the room? So the OC is about Orange County, California. You're going to hear two different stories Ryan here. who has moved there, and he doesn't fit in with all the rich folks in Orange County, California. And it's a complexity. This is 20 years ago, but available for streaming probably on Netflix. <laughs> I own all the DVDs, so I don't stream it. Well, I was just going to ask, because we, me and my wife, Remember loving it, and then we tried to watch it, and we're like, "Oh God!" Oh, no, it does not hold up. Hold up. No, that's, that's why, yeah. No, it does not it doesn't hold, hold up. up. No. So, just remember it as she has explained it, and with this emotion, <laughs> but don't watch it. Right. Uh, right. I, as an aside, the Trinity holds up. It does. The Trinity, <laughs> alas, she's not wrong. <laughs> Your legacy will be eternal. Ours ends when we die. I don't know of whatever cancer I get. <laughs> When we go to Italy. Yeah. Uh, Wait, don't. No. No, don't do that. What happened? What are you doing? You jinxed our trip. I didn't hear you. How bad are you going to feel when we die, when we fall off that cruise boat? You're going to feel bad. Y'all are distracted. PMG. We were talking about it before we came up here. There are 10 employees. Yes. And four of the 10 are Anagram 3s. Listen, they get stuff done. So I want to hear about that. But they get stuff done. You want to hear about that? I do. I think it's a... Good business plan. (laughs) I mean, it is, to be honest. Like, we joke that Max and Jamie really know how to manipulate threes. Yeah. It's a joke, kind of. Not super funny, but... 
I think I think we we like them so much, and I, I'll speak for the other Enneagram threes on staff because we've actually had this conversation. But we like them so much, we want to make good things for them, and we really hate when we miss the mark. And so we're going to do everything we can to not do that. And I think, I mean, I think in general, Enneagram threes are probably good good people to have work for you, but I think it means more to us because we like them so much. And I think one thing for us, like our, um, our the, the woman that runs our company, she's on maternity leave, and she, I do say in episodes, because I know she's least listening, I always say, I sure do miss Christiana, <laughs> because I know, and she did it this week, she's like, hey, it's been 10 weeks, do you think I should come back early? I mean, I don't know, like, if you want to come back early from your maternity, I'll be like, yes, please, 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 please. And please, she knows please. that's just bait for us. <laughs> However, <laughs> we do try, Knox and I are very aware of how we want to take care of the staff. We don't want turnover. We want staff to feel fulfilled in their work. We want to make sure we use a concept of like, you're on the right seat in the, on the bus in our company. The PNG has a bus. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure you're in the right seat. And so if you're not, if you're struggling or, okay, let's see, how can we tweak that? How can we, we, we supervise as we go. There's no evaluation, like sure. deadline. We're saying, you did a great job. That wasn't great. And then we don't hold grudges. Like, if you make a mistake, it's like, okay, you made a mistake. Let's learn from that. Let's not do that again. And if there's a pattern, we'll address it. But otherwise, we just assume you want to do good work. We, try, we assume the best of our staff. And most of the time, they really rise to that. Like, we know they're great. We want to celebrate them. We want to talk about them publicly. This isn't just the Knox and Jamie show. Everybody in our team is really talented and could have their own podcast. They can't because of contracts and no compete clauses, but they're really all very gifted. And so we try to really celebrate that. And I think that comes from a really thinking play of like going, how can we really? And so one of the things we did was we're not good at supervision. Like we're good at data. We're good at curiosity, at whiteboards, at all the things, but we're not good at supervision. Let's hire somebody who really is. And so we did that. We looked at our own, you know, needs and weaknesses and tried to, you know, accommodate for those. So do you think a seven and a five could work together if you didn't share a line on the Enneagram? Like if you erase all the lines and you just have a seven working with a five, so the seven has never felt five space, and the five has never felt seven space. No, absolutely not. That's what I absolutely think, Absolutely not. Yep. It's only because of being able to, in, you know, in strength, go to some of that right. and see that side of him and understand. Because, like, I remember it took a long time because I started really trying to learn about I try to learn about all the other numbers. I don't spend enough time on my own. I really, because I'm like, I want to understand why you're so weird. Like, I want to know. And so for him, it was like, why does he get migraines at live shows? And it was like not a medical thing. It was an energy thing. Yeah. And once I learned, I was like, oh, we need to protect that. But I, otherwise, I would just be like, what's your problem? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I would just be mad. And he would be mad all the He knows I need to when we see each other on Mondays to record. I'd be like, what do you, how was your weekend? And he's like, I'm going to give her one personal detail <laughs> so that it will make her happy. Right? And I'll be like. Is one all it takes with fives? How, how well, many that's all twos? you're going to get. That's all yeah. you're going to get. And so he'll be like, we went to this restaurant. I'm like, oh. <gasps> 
okay, let's record. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to get that one piece of, whereas I'm like, ugh, let me tell you about my, my, uh, my mammogram, how that went. And he's like, please don't, please don't talk about your period at work. <laughs> I think that's another extroverted, introverted thing, though, too. Because like, when we, for sure. I, I know with Miss Giver here that when we hop on to record something, there's going to be X amount of time of her very graciously asking about me and my family and then also sharing about her fam- her about the reverend and strangers. <laughs> it's a true story. Just strangers she's encountered Strang- in that week. Strangers to me. Uh, so Joel has tried really hard to get me to buy into stranger danger. <laughs> Hasn't worked so far, has no, it? No, so I'll stop talking to people that we don't know. <laughs> and it's when all... I talk in an elevator, Joel wants to die. You know, I just get on chatted up with everybody, and Joel just gets more and more covered up. It's only taken five <laughs> years for my illness to kick in that I can't get on elevators now. <laughs> he tells me that he's walking the stairs, but I think he's just taking a different elevator because if there are people there, I'm going to chat with them. I'm about to pass out. I can't I get on that. this one. Close door, close door, close door. Uh, I did get broken of that, though, pretty much when I walked out of that elevator, wherever we were, and that woman put her hands on my face. You remember that? Like she met me at the elevator and put her hands on my face. Started telling me how much she loved me. She was right here. And I could not breathe. Oh, so I got better. P1 Park says this woman grabbed, she did what I do with my children when I want to tell them <laughs> that I love them. Like, hey, put your hands on my face. This stranger did that to Suzanne when we arrived in. Uh, don't say it. In Juno. Yeah, of course, <laughs> as they it's do always in Juno. 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 It's always Alaska. We we don't have a very big following in Alaska, so <laughs> we'll just fall back on that. So in Juno, and she grabbed Suzanne by the face, uh, which is only the second most ridiculous thing that has happened since the first one was that this girl. I turn around from the merch table, and there's a, a grown adult female sitting in my 70-year-old mom's lap for a picture, like she's Santa. She so. said autographs were overrated. She wanted a selfie, and she just sat oh. down. Okay, so I have a question. I know you don't, obviously, it is uh, gospel not to guess someone's number, but what were their numbers? <laughs> well, that's what, with this, Unfortunately, take any number and just say unhealthy whatever. Just say unhealthy this number because that's unhealthy behavior to sit. That is an unhealthy behavior. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, tricky. Joel anyway. walked right over with that woman in my lap and said, "What's happening?" Yeah. <laughs> First, I looked at the two other handlers that were there and I was like, "How have y'all let this happen?" <laughs> and then I told her to pop up, but I don't know where we're going. But I did have a question. <laughs> uh, man, I can't get that woman. She was sitting in my mom's lap. What do you do with that? <laughs> So, uh, I guess I'll be the adult in this situation. We, we got there because I talk to people in elevators and because I, I do thing, I relationship build with strangers and... <clears throat> oh my gosh, it was all the people. I didn't point at you. Five other people pointed at you in eyesight. But I remember my question was... He loves you so much. You, you need to remember that you're conflict avoidant. <laughs> Do you want a microphone? <laughs> okay. For this. Oh, good. Let's yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, give it up. Tammy, you bring out the best. Yay, let's do it. <laughs>
oh, this really doesn't have anything for this part of the conversation. But these two beautiful ladies are going to take a trip to Italy. And they're going to take gummies so that they stay healthy. And they're expecting yeah. to find Paul's bones at the Vatican. Yeah. They're not there. Don't, Don't tell us that. What are you they're not Show. there. Take that mic back. Take that mic back. <laughs> Paul is not buried in the what Vatican. What about John the Baptist's head? We you think, think we're going to see his head. head. Peter is at the Vatican. Paul is at St. Paul's outside the walls. Oh, then we'll go there, too. We'll go there. Oh, okay. Oh, thank it's you. It's all the same. Listen, it's like, it's the Pope, the not the Pope. We got it. We got it. Can you tell we used to be Baptist? <laughs> okay, I, I remember what I was going to ask. <laughs> Has you know, Joe speaks enough Italian to go with you. Come with us. Oh, there's room on the She'll boat. She'll convince you. Don't get close oh, to her. Oh, she good will time. convince the both of you. We're going to Barcelona. <laughs> okay. I learned one phrase in Italian. Se la dona più de bella del mundo. Oh. Yeah. Are you flirting? What? No, no, no. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Don't okay. worry. So, uh, man, I got really thrown there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You. When we were talking about early Enneagram stuff, you said, and can we hear about this, that you identified as a seven first. Oh, yeah. And then the greatness of Suzanne's teaching in the road back to you yes. brought you to the light. Can you talk about that a little bit and why you thought you were a seven and what got you to where you are? I think it was wishful thinking, honestly. And, and the first time, I mean, I remember the conversation we had. We were with our friend Sophie, and we were at Chewy's, and Jamie, knew, Jamie and Sophie knew more about it. And so we hadn't really, we were just skimming the surface. And we hadn't, I hadn't made the discovery about motivation. as a, So it's, Jamie and I, we present a lot alike sometimes. And some of that is because I don't have a personality. But some of that is also because um, we just like to have a good time. But our motivations are completely different. And so I think once I started reading and started learning more, I think it was immediately very clear that the motivations behind the fun time is different. And that's how I knew. Okay, a therapy moment now. You do have a personality. I do? Of course you do. You just don't trust very many people with it. Oh, okay. And that's the opposite extreme of me. I have a personality, and I trust everybody <laughs> with it. It and, is lovely. Well, both are wrong. Both are not the deal. Because once I get to sharing my personality, then I, I can kind of be whatever you want me to be. And so can you. But you do it because you want to be successful, and I do it because I'm always after being wanted. And you also protect your personality because you very much want people to love you for who you are and not for what you do. Yes. But you don't give them a chance to. Yes. Because they can't love you for who you are and not for what you do if you, if you don't let them know who you are. Also, they're the same, aren't they? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> they no. They feel the same sometimes, I, I know they do, and that's because you set aside feelings, which is part of your personality, to get things done. Yes. Right? Yes. And I bring my personality with me to get things done, which means you get ten times as much stuff done in the same amount of time 
that I do. And so it's the way we're put together. And you can't change how you're put together. But you also, in any time you say or hear yourself, you, 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 any time you hear yourself say, I'm not this, or I can't be this, or I can't do this, that's not true. You won't be as good at this, this, or this as a person who happens to have those gifts in their personality, but that's not the same as I can't do it. It's, it just isn't. Joe is an introverted nine, and I'm an extroverted two, and I am more and more likely to step back and let him talk first because he's more and more likely to talk first. So there's a, there's a patterning that goes on in work relationships there is no way 10 years ago Joel Stabile would have ever been here doing this. There's just no way. No, Personality-wise, not having to do with the fact that he's our son and probably said, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> Was he in prison? Maybe. <laughs> but look past that. I don't even think of that. But the, the, whole, the whole reality is that when you are with people who are comfortable in their skin, then you can imagine yourself with their gifts. You can imagine yourself doing what they do, which is why you're so good for Knox and Knox is so good for you. We had a question, uh, the gentleman's here in the room, but he sent in a question asking about relationships of people that share a line. And I, I see it only as a plus. Uh, like anything, it can be, anything can be a negative, you know, but I love sharing a line with Whitney. So she's a one, my wife, Whitney, she's a one, I'm a seven. Y'all probably heard enough of it, so we don't need to lean into that. But, and five and seven is just another great one. Um, well, and a, and a three and a nine who met for the first time start by sharing a love for the panhandle of Texas, and then by Joe telling a rodeo story. And then they, they meet each other on the line, so comfort comes pretty quick between a three and a nine. And comfort comes with anybody that we share a line with because we've been where they are. We've seen life through their lens, even if for a minute it's not unfamiliar. Sometimes I have to work harder to put myself in the position of an Enneagram number asking me a question that I don't share a line with because I tend to give heart answers instead of head answers, and I need to give both with an outcome. So my goal when I answer a question is to try to use thinking, feeling, and doing and I have to pack a bag as a two to get to thinking. Twos and sevens are the only numbers on the Enneagram that don't have access by a line to every, of the, every one of the three centers of intelligence. So sevens have no access to feeling, which is fairly obvious. And I'm just kidding. I, I'm actually good with it. I, I prefer it, really. Yeah, it's like, that, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so they're hacking feelings, and twos have no access to thinking. 
And so, unless we begin to separate the three centers and learn that what we really want is balance with all three by using each one for what it's for, then we end up being imbalanced in a world that requires balance if we're going to be successful at what we do. And so I think we have a, a responsibility. That's kind of a big word. But I think we have a responsibility to do what we can to really understand how other people see the world. You don't even have to do anything with it. But if we're going to ever have the kind of peace that we would like to have in our small groups, big groups, whatever, if we're ever going to achieve that, we're going to only do it by understanding how other people see, not by reiterating over and over and... What did, I, did I say the right word? What's that word? Um, COVID brain on a 71-year-old is tricky. Um, but I, I, I think it appears that the Enneagram either has fewer expectations than it has or that it has more expectations than it has. And all is really required is you understanding that we're not pretty much the same. Other people don't see the way you see and they don't process it the way you process it. And you can't talk them into that. You, you can't say, oh, but, but don't you see? But surely you know. But don't you see? That didn't work. Because the answer is nope. Actually, no, I don't. And so Joel says that uh, at least his favorite book to teach with and work with is The Path. And I think that's because The Path is all about recognizing that people want to be treated like they want to be treated, not like you want to be treated, which I realize, Reverend, that puts Scripture a little bit in precarious position as being wrong, but maybe the, they didn't know about the Enneagram when they wrote the Golden Rule or something. I don't know. They you know, if you're going to be under the umbrella of the Trinity, you've got to question it every now and then. Is all I know. But people do not want to be treated the way you want to be treated. I don't want to be treated the way Joe wants to be treated or, or the way any of you want to be. I want to be treated the way I want to be treated. And once you know that, then we have a path to some kind of peace so we can move forward together. I haven't thought about it before the last 30 seconds. I knew that the path between us and I just haven't had the opportunity yet to really spend time with the journey toward wholeness, so that might change. But I've loved the path between us so much more than the road back to you. And I think a big part of it as you're talking is the path between us gives you permission to be yourself. Like the road back to you, you feel called out. Mm-hmm. And which is what, it's the purpose of the book, you know, but the path between us is like, hey, guess what? You're okay with who you are, and other people are different from you, and here's ways for you all to get along, and here's ways for you all to work together and live together and be together, and they're not wrong, and you're not wrong, and you're okay, and they're okay. I think that's why I love the path between us so much. Well, my hope is that the path and that kind of work with the path will lead to the work and the journey, which is essentially about how you can be better at being you. You know, there's a place where you kind of get comfortable being you. Like the thing that drives me crazy is old people 
who say, not old like us, old people. No, like super old. No super one in the room, people. to be clear. Yeah. Old people who say, yep, yeah, I'm old. That's just the way I am. I'm too old to change. You're never too old to change. You're never too old to grow and change. And if that's your attitude, okay. What a loss. What a loss for everybody. But after you get relationships worked out, then you got to work on you. And from our perspective, you have to work on yourself in relationship to who you are in relationship to God, having worked on who you are in relationship to the other people. And the reason that comes in that order is because you can't get there until you've worked out these relationships because this is a constant distraction. Trying to get along with people is a constant distraction. And once you have kind of your grasp on that, then who you are in relationship to yourself and who you can be if you use the mystical nature of the Enneagram to get you there is astonishing. It's astonishing how whole and healthy and happy you can be. No, truly. Because my, you know, my mom is a two, and for a long time, I just thought we both loved meeting people at the grocery store together, and, like, it was just an adventure, but I realized, like, as I got older, and I really, like, kind of came into the comfort of being in the thinking triad, that she would say, do you need me to come over? And I'd be like, no. And I would just say no, and that would be an accurate fact. No, I don't. I can do it. But then, as I, 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 I wanted to learn about her, and as I learned, it was like, no, always say yes. She wants to come over, and she might bring a snack, which is amazing. And so I suddenly said yes, because it was, even if it wasn't true, it's like, would you like me to work on it? Oh my gosh, yes, would you please? And it's not, it's not about being fake. It's about honoring her, how she sees the world, how she feels loved and cared for and honored in all those ways. And it became really easy to go oh, yeah, this is an easy way to, like, one of her favorite things is that I send her uh, allergy meds from Amazon, and then that she then always responds, is like, I sent you a little package of candy, and I'm like, we did it. You got your candy, I got my candy. (laughs) And it might seem silly, but it was like a way for us to feel both loved and connected. And so it's it's been a treat to learn about her in ways that maybe she doesn't even really wish I knew. <laughs> but it's been really great. And even my dad as an eight, who understanding that he processed everything as anger, it was like, oh, he, that's, just him, that's just what he does. And so now he's just like, uh, I bought a house. And it's really funny because he immediately was like, he looked at him, he's like, it seems great, but I mean like, that, what's wrong? And I said, well, there's a drawer that in the kitchen that gets stuck on the sink. He was like, I'd walk away. I'd walk away. And I said, so you'd walk away. So you bought a house for $10,000 in 1975. And that's the only house you've ever bought. So you're saying, I'm just saying, just saying. And I just knew that it wasn't about him being mad. It was just him being like nervous for, she's making a big decision. Can she afford it? Will she have to move back in with us? This is all very scary. (laughs) And so I knew it wasn't about How can we help her find a place that she can keep? (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so it was suddenly, it's like, it takes all the sting out of so many things that might hurt you when you realize and you understand a person and how they're processing. It's truly a gift that you give us by teaching us this. And I I think you're so good at that. I think you have taught me so much about 
using the Enneagram to love other people and how, and how maybe that's not like your first inclination, not that you're not a loving person, but that, you know, I mean, you've just been very candid about that. And I really appreciate that viewpoint as opposed to, I mean, who doesn't love looking inward? It's so much fun, but I think it's, (laughs) I think I've really appreciated that aspect and how you've you both have, like, brought that up to my attention. What Joel was talking about that we talked about last weekend was the fact that it, it, we talked about shame, fear, and anger, and you brought that up for a second there in that if, if you are in the anger triad, so if you're an 8, 9, or a 1, anger is waiting off wings all the time, all the time. It's right there. And if you just scratch the surface, it's right underneath the surface. And for us, it's shame. And it's right there all the time. And for them, it's fear. And it doesn't look like it, but they know they're afraid. And so you, you have to recognize that that's part of the filter that everything's coming through. And so if you're not careful, you overreact to expressed fear in these two tonight because they're trying to think of all the things that could throw them off and talk about it so it's already been done. It's already been worried about. It's already been thought about. It's already been talked about. So if it's terrible, I think I can handle it because it's all a head trip anyway, right? And for us, shame, I've decided, is like a hologram, right? It's just there. It's like it just walks in front of you. And then it kind of sits right there for you to see it. And then it moves over here, and it's waiting all the time. And that anger being so close to the surface means that those are the things we have to manage. We have to. There's always the next layer of Enneagram work. And if you're ready, it teaches you exactly what you need for the next little part of your walk, right? And y'all just pick it up and run with it. And you run with it with your personalities, and that's magic. You know, I have a cohort, and I had an apprentice group, and when people of different personalities try to come get it from me, write it all down, and then take it out in the world with their personality, it doesn't work because it's not filtered through the way they see the world. So nobody can represent you like you represent yourself. And if if I didn't have you here, And I was asking you, so what's it like to work with Aaron, who's a three? We won't get the same. You can't get the same if you're not here, right? And so that's Looking at you, Knox. I know. Do you need me to talk about Knox? (laughs) (laughs) Because we will. Yeah, I bet. You talked about you and Knox being not so great at supervising, and you all found someone. Two-part question. Do you know the Enneagram number of the human being that you hired to be in charge of supervising? Yes, it's a three, and it's a three-wing two. And she, what's great about her is that she is very, she knows that that's her job. So it becomes a part of her job description. And the great thing about threes is, like, if you tell them what your expectations are, these are this is how you can win, this is how, what the win is. And we said, people not quitting is the win. So go do it. And she was like, got it. And she just made that because she knew what success was for her. And if the staff are happy, if there's a, like, if there's a feeling in the company that everybody is a part of this kind of work that we're doing that's hopefully full of joy and kindness, 
then she's successful. And so we knew that going in, like with Aaron, with the other threes, like, okay, if they know how to win, they know what is, and when we haven't done that, that has been the issue. It's like, I don't know the target's moving. I don't know. And so we were like, oh, okay. Yeah. You need to know the target. It was like, no, just do a good job. Well, that's not helpful, right? For, um, for anybody really. And so having her has been really, now we've been sloppy. She, you know, she grew a person and they came out and, uh, and so now it's so sweet. It was like, should we supervise? And we were like, Probably not. No. Hey, guys, it's going to be the summer of self-reflection. So let us know if you need anything, and we'll see you back in September. <laughs> that is so much less dangerous than what could have happened. It, exactly. 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 So. And if the summer of self-reflection isn't reframing, then what is? There you go. Uh, exactly. Like, exactly. Right. Expert. I'm an expert. Uh, the other question I had was we were talking about lines. And with you and Knox, five and seven chair in the line, have y'all, have y'all ever experienced, and this is a question for both of you, maybe even more so for you, that the switch or like movement on that where one's in the other space and the other's in this space oh, yeah. and just kind of that, there's a deep breath. What? No. Yeah. Go ahead. No. no it's, yeah, share it. No, I don't know what to share. Well, I was just going to say one thing is when we say I just want to say. Next time Knox is in seven, would you call me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Listen, it's every month when he has um, four different drinks at a, a Ask Us Anything on uh, Zoom. <laughs> She's nodding. She's they like, know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. he, he gets loosey Like, later I'll go, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I felt like I was mean in that AUA. And he goes, I don't know. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> no recollection <laughs> as to what happened. So that's what he goes to seven. But we... Knox and I, when we started, obviously it was just the two of us, and it was a hot, we started nine years ago this month, and we divided the responsibilities, and it was like, you are responsible for editing, for production, like Knox, and you will handle all of that. I will handle marketing, and social media, and engaging with the listeners, and that, we've never I don't even know how to edit audio, nor am I interested in learning how. And I haven't, and that seems crazy to own an audio company and not know how to do that. But it's like, well, we just won't publish if Knox is sick. So good luck to us all. And we hired editors for that purpose. But I think it's, because sometimes I can be like, hey, you know, like, should we do an episode on this? And he's like, huh, that's a, that's a choice. And then we don't <laughs> oh, hey, do yeah, You know what that means. That's right. And so he knows. And then sometimes I'll be like, hey, will you reply to this person in DMs? No. I'm like, okay. And I'll, can you just tell me the answer? And so we've really divided and conquered. And he's so, he's so good. And even in things that I might do differently, and I know he thinks that about me, we just go, we're just so good if we're in our lane. So let's just stay in our lane and hire other people who can help us. Wouldn't that be just great for everybody everywhere? Well, it would be a delight, right? Yeah. Just get in your own lane. Just, yeah. All right, if the Reverend wants to start motoring this way, and the question that I'm going to I didn't give, know you were going to have a microphone. Yeah. Uh, and then remember, if you got a question, you're coming to the Reverend, and don't, don't be that group, man. Come with some questions, all right? Uh, yeah, you have a personal... She's here. Seriously. She's like here. This is, this is Take advantage. <laughs> it can be about everything that they've all said. It can be about anything. Um, but my final question before I get up, I got to hear, 
an Enneagram Nine and the birthday dinner that they didn't say something to you. Oh my God. I, I've got this to hear this Aaron. story. Aaron, tell the story. Okay. This was a great, the tease that y'all never went back to. Oh, yeah. well. And I was okay. like, oh my gosh, I got to hear it. So every year for Jamie's birthday, she is enormously generous and she takes a bunch of her friends on a trip. And, and I do that because you can control it. Exactly. If you decide, if yeah. you pay for it, they can't complain she, about she's it. She's not interested in our version of fun, which no. is great. But um, it's always so lovely. And we ended up going to dinner one night. And in our family, we do something called the program on birthdays. And it's like, every, we're going to go around the room and you're going to tell us every, you know, a great memory that you have of the person and, you know, or something you love about them. And so I was like, guys, we should do the program for Jamie. How great would that be? And I, so I was explaining it and we started going around and the Enneagram nines, uh, they would like to be excluded from that narrative. They were very upset that I had asked this of them yeah. and they, they chose to sit this one <laughs> They said, you should have told us that this was part of the program. You have now confronted us with a change in what we thought would happen, and we will not be saying nice things, and nor should any of you, because then it'll make us look bad that we didn't say anything. So no one said anything nice about me at that dinner that they did not pay for. And so that could have been it. It could have just been like, thank you for this great dinner. They're mortified but that we're telling that story. Y'all have talked about, you've talked about, Suzanne, so many times about Enneagram Nines, and it's been so helpful because I have two really close friends who are Nines who I don't know that they even like me, but they like going on trips. And both of them, it's been really helpful to go, do not surprise them yep. with any changes or like, don't change the expectations yep. without giving them a minute to process it. It's not that they're fragile, it's just that they're like, we had a plan. Why'd you change the plan? Why, why well, and they're also you? conflict avoidant, and that's particular. You, those two nines must have one wings. Oh, yes. Because yeah. nines, <laughs> right? Yes. Nines with a one wing, you just, like, don't change the plan. And if I don't know the plan's going to change, I'm already upset, and it's fraught with conflict if I open my mouth, so I'm not. Yeah, that's how that works. Yes. Like, we'll, we'll be on vacation somewhere, and I just get homesick. <laughs> like, Joel will have a plan for all the stuff, and I'll say... Do you want to you go home tomorrow instead of Thursday? I've been on the road a lot. I just want to go home. And he's adjusted now to where he can kind of pull all that together before he could say, do, do what? <laughs> like, do, we, he'd be like, don't you want to see Paul's bones? Exactly. <laughs> we haven't seen Paul's bones. They're outside the walls, you know. You can't just see them right here in Rome. Right. They're not in the Vatican. <laughs> all right. Uh, questions? Jo just come right up here. I know, her jeans are so cute. Jeans are I know, cute. I'm so great. They're back. They're back. Look, I always get compliments on these, and my husband hates them. They're very They're cute. Don't listen enough. to him. Thanks. Um, so, at the risk of sounding kind of like an immature one. Hold it up close. Oh, I'm sorry. So, see, there's a qualifier, so you know yeah. that she's not a seven. She's not an eight. <laughs> nope. A one. She's a one. Yeah. So the qualifier is, now think this through. You don't care if I do this, do you? Oh, hit it. <laughs> all right. No, so, do it. This so is fun. So think this through. First of all, she, uh, 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 and then carefully walked around here and got there. And then little Miss Personality here said something about her jeans. And then it's like, ooh, uh, oh, but my husband doesn't like them. See all that? That's, true. That's all one stuff. I get all the time. <laughs> 
So, so, and now you know how we feel. Now you know how we feel. And you look beautiful, and they're your jeans and not his. Thank you. You're right. And so um, I'm really glad that you're asking a question, and I can tell you before you ask it that it's going to be perfect. (laughs) Thank you. And so when you start back over here to sit down, and the critic, your little friend, starts telling you you should have done it this way or that way, you can say shut shut up. up. I do that. Or if you're inclined, you can say shut up. Yeah, I, I'm inclined. Okay. Okay. I'm not allowed. So, <laughs> um, I guess this is sort of critic-related, but I, it's certainly perfectionism-related. Is my, so as a one, I've, you know, I've got all these kind of coping mechanisms to keep my anger at bay, and I wonder if those... Like, is my goal to not do that anymore, <laughs> right? Like, to, like, I have to make the beds, right, in order, to, like, before the kids get up to start the day. Sure. Um, when how the, old are the kids? How old are they? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, two, six, and almost eight. And you're making the eight-year-old's bed? Yeah. Is that because you can't stand the way the eight-year-old makes the bed? No, I'm better at that. When I ask her to make her bed, I don't correct it. But while they're at school, before I start my day, Got it. I make it. Got it. Because it makes me happy so when you're I walk doing a through good the job. house and the beds are made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Joe gave a spiritual directee of his, who was a one, the task for a month of not making her bed. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't do it. Right. So, okay. Um, so should that be my goal? Like, it, it helps, right? I mean, it helps to do these things so that I don't get angry or that I don't get angry about things I'm not angry about or... All of those things. Yep. So um, here's what I've just but discovered. But is, is it a crutch? No. Here's what I've just discovered. This okay. is hot off the press from last weekend, weekend before last, from the new work on shame, fear, and anger. Okay. The only way you can effectively manage it is with developing your support center. Okay. You know what that means? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I might, if you elaborate. All right. You're doing dominant, right? Correct. As a one. Mm-hmm. But you are thinking repressed. Mm-hmm. So that leaves feeling in the middle. Right. Right? You yeah. have to work on strengthening and balancing your feeling center because that's the best way to deal with anger. Okay. And, and we've been limiting ourselves to these two numbers, and it seemed like the only purpose of the support center was to support the agenda of the dominant center. And I discovered that if you do this work with your support center, then it will help most with your shame, fear, or anger. So can I ask a question? What does that look like for a one? Yeah. Did you see how that three did that? She didn't want to know what it looks like for a three, but she'd like to know. <laughs> Not interested in that. She'd like to know what it looks like for you. Appreciate it. So wh- what happens is if you are just doing and working on bringing up thinking and thinking about what you do and feeling is just to support your doing. I feel like this is the right thing to do. I feel energetic enough now to do it. I feel rather than employing feelings for what, it's, what they're for, which is recognizing 
the feeling, your feelings and the feelings of others, and your agenda and the agendas of others. And when you do that work, that addresses your overuse or sloppy use of anger better than any other way that I've been able to put together to try yet. Okay. And so you then evaluate with your feeling center, what does it do to, to your relationships with other people? How does it make you feel about yourself when you give in to your anger? Or when you cover with the things you do that you think other people don't perceive as anger. So when you're straightening stuff and putting everything, whatever the part of your life is that you try to perfect, mm -hmm. and, well, that's just automatically what you do when you feel anger trying to come on stage. So you perfect something, believing that that will keep anger at bay. But it only works if the thing stays perfect when nothing does. Yep. So if you start asking yourself about not just your feelings, but the feelings of other people when you're doing any of the anger moves that you do, and not just your agenda, but the agenda of other people when you do any of your anger moves, then that'll take you to a new place. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm a one, too, and I actually was telling my sister earlier, I was like, how can I perfectly ask this question? <laughs> and so then when y'all just did this, I said, well, okay. She, I looked at her, and she said, just ask it. How you just asked me? <laughs> she said, okay, I'll just ask it. So as a mom of a seven, um, how do you help a seven sleep? Um, so drugs are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start with how old is your seven? <laughs> Oh, details, details. <laughs> he is eight. Probably no drugs at eight, huh? No. A little young. Yeah. A little young. And the, the kind of gummies that an eight-year-old can have <laughs> might, you know, make him a little less likely to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't sleep a lot, like, growing up. Like, it just was always hard. And because I like to stay up late. And, no, my mom was very because she was also feeding me sweet tea and Mountain Dews so I could study because I needed focus, right? But for me, it was, she would let me sleep as long as I wanted on weekend. Like, as long, she never, there was never any, like, you need to go do something. Like, I was going to do soccer or something. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But they, the, it was really helpful. I, I, had, I will say, I had great parents who rooted for me every day. Like, in, even in my weirdness, because it was, it felt really weird in the country where I grew up to be who I was. I, everybody else dreamed of being a veterinarian, and I was like, I want to be Bob Barker. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, I And by the way, you could have been. <laughs> that's right. So, for me, I And when she says in the country where I grew up, she is referring of the United, to the United States, just rural. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> just next to the cows. Didn't you all? Yeah, just next to cows. But I think for me, like, my mom was just like, you'll rest and you'll, you'll, go to, you'll get as much sleep as you can. But we had rules like you can't leave the room, but you have to stay in the room. We had a little light system that she was like, if this light is on, you can't come out of the room. And I'd be like, I'll just do things in the room. <laughs> and, uh, and we kept, and this is true for now, like, people 
think it's so weird that I don't have a TV in the bedroom. I cannot have a TV in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I cannot scroll TikTok to go to sleep because I'll never go to sleep. I can't have stimulants like that. Joel, as an infant, couldn't, like, couldn't sleep. We used to have to put pennies in his footy pajamas so we could catch him when his leg went over the bar of the baby Stop bed. Stop it. That is amazing. <laughs> that was the only way we could get him. Like, if we could, they said, you need to catch him before he gets up. And we said, uh, okay. And Joe had the fabulous idea that if we put pennies in his footy pajamas, we could catch him That's as brilliant. he went over the bar. It was very helpful. And was, I, you know, I think a routine now helps me a lot. Even now when it's hard to sleep, I have a routine. It's like, now we do our skincare. Now we have a glass of milk. Because I drink a glass of milk. And that started with my mom. She was like, we drink our glass of milk, honey. And I'd be like, oh. And so I still do that now. I'm like, it's time for milk. Let's do it. And so I think creating a routine, like with any sleep, it's not just their sevenness. It's just a kid who maybe doesn't sleep as well. It's also extrovert, introvert, because Joel sleeps now all the time, anytime that he can. Like he sleeps, 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 sleeps. So the good news for you is your little eight-year-old is probably an extrovert. <laughs> like, I'll struggle tonight, like, a lot. I might have packed the gummies to bring with me. Yeah, that like, definitely. Because I know that I'll be so stimulated that it's like That's it'll be the case for him, too. Like, if, it's, if there's yeah. Yeah, major stuff going on, it's not happening. What do you think, Joel? I used to think it was such a thrill and a great thing when I went to bed that I was so excited to dream. I would start, I even told Whitney, God, I sound like a child. You can, you can come up with what you're going to dream about. Just start thinking about whatever it is you want to dream about. And then the dreams start happening. It's so great. And my, my sleeping was shit. So then when I realized that, you know, all the talk about being in the present moment that applies to bedtime. And, and I think that's kind of what I heard a little bit right there with the routine of, okay, now it's time to have our milk. And now it's time to do this. That's, hey, time to, we, we always say like calm down, at wind down time. But I think it's be present time. And I think that's a big thing. That's good. That's very good. Um, the other thing I think with, an, with a little one, with an eight-year-old, is I think any kind of ritual that you do, that is that takes them from here to here. So uh, we have prayer beads in, that we do around the fruits of the Spirit. So Joe uh, created prayers for the littles to do around the fruits of the Spirit so that they can pray the beads before they... So that's a wind down, right, of how can I be kinder? Well, who wants to... No little seven kid wants to lay in bed and think about that for tomorrow, right? How can I be like all, all the stuff? And it kind of just gets them thinking about something different that has the potential to be more productive. And then uh, he'll probably always forget the last one, which is self-control. But that's okay because I always forget that one on the big people's beads too. And Jamie didn't know it was on there. So there you have it. I was like, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's, see, if, let's see if our boy answers. Oh, I know. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to ring it up. He might not answer, people, so don't. Well, I te okay, so for context, I texted him and said, hey, Joel asked, like, if maybe you could answer 
and he has not replied to me yet. Hey, it's not from that here. Just leave message. Oh, that was, they jumped right to it. At the tone, he, he please record your message. Turned it, uh, yeah. When you finish recording, you may hang right. up or Y'all press one for message. more options. Hey, Knox. Hey, we, t- Knox. we talked about you on the podcast and in front of 75 people. We miss you. We miss you. Hope Ashley's feeling better. Okay, bye. My whiteboard is covered with I wish Knox had been able to come. Aw, you made Suzanne sad. <laughs> Imagine that. Feelings, feelings, feelings. <laughs> Bye. That's perfect. He'll oh, love there it. we He'll go. Well, that happened. He'll never listen so, to it. Uh, He'll never. Yeah, he won't listen to that. Well, I'll ask yes, him Yes, he will because you'll tell him to. I will. We'll make him play it on the podcast. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's. It's wrap-up time, so let's start with anything that the two of you would like to say or share before Suzanne gets final thoughts. Gosh, I mean, I, well, I think what is great about working with Jamie and also being friends with her and in her sevenness is that she sets up very clear boundaries for that because we are friends and coworkers, and so that has been very helpful to me because I like a soup of when we're friends and we work together and it's fine but it has been very helpful to have those handles where we say okay we're putting off our coworker hat we're putting on our friend hat and where those boundaries are has been enormously helpful for someone like me um so she's just very she's very good at knowing all of this stuff and implementing in her life and showing other people a good way to be and a good way to use the tool of the Enneagram. So I would just add to that, that because you offer those boundaries, it means that... It was a car accident. Everyone's everyone's okay. Just a super cool car accident. (laughs) You can't run watch. You have to stay until we finish. I'm going to focus. I can focus. It, what happens when you have those kind of boundaries is it gives you space to be emotionally just a little bit vulnerable. Otherwise, you can't do it because you're afraid that everybody will run with it and take your emotions where you don't want them to go. So yeah. one of the things to learn about threes and fives, too, while we're talking about it, is if they share a feeling with you, don't share a feeling with them. <laughs> right? Like they're not trying to start that with you. Just be grateful that they shared a feeling with you. And then don't say anything else instead of, man, I know. And then I felt this. Have you ever felt that? And then you think, I'm going to drown. I'm I'm never sharing a a feeling again. So all of that has to do with that good work with boundaries. We have a, a lot of boundary stuff because we're mother and son and boss, but boss of employee who knows far more about what we're doing than the boss. (laughs) So y'all can do, y'all could have done this without me tonight. We could not have done this tonight without Joel. So it's like clear, we're clear in Life in the Trinity Ministry that if anybody's going to get hit by a bus, it needs to be Joe or me (laughs) and not Joel because everything, everything, right? So the way I think we've managed to, the tools that we use the best lately of being and working with one another is 
He has made room to hear how I feel and to let me verbally process a little bit to get there. And I've worked very hard on my verbal processing to talk out loud in the car on the way there so that I've already done all that so I don't ask him to listen to too much of it. And there, there are no two things that happen to be hard for the other one that you can't work out if you're willing to meet somewhere in the middle. But if you want somebody to come all the way to you, you just cannot have it, and you don't have the right to ask for it. And I've only shared one idea with you all this weekend so far since we've been here. So I'm reeling <laughs> that back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I will say, Joe has such good boundaries, he was reading the menu, but I heard the idea. <laughs> Joel kept looking over at Joe to see if he was listening, and Joe's figuring out what he's going to have for dinner. And the appetizer. <laughs> So I think for, uh, Aaron and I met on Twitter. That's where we originally met. We did not know each other in real life. And she did the thing, which was amazing. She reached out and she was like, should we meet in real life? We live in the same city. We really like each other's tweets. And I was like, oh, yes, you know, I, that's catnip for my soul. And, uh, and she brought a cupcake because she didn't even know I was a seven and knew how much that would mean to me. I love presents. And I think what's great about, understanding a, a person, I just think it takes the relationship, because many people couldn't be friends and work together, and I think Aaron does a great job of going, hey, I need you to say this, I need to say this to you as a friend, or I need to say this to you as a, I need help with this as a boss, or I need help with this as a friend, but I think also the thing that's great about threes is when you can slowly, over a decade, chip away at those kind of shields that they've put up, like the gift of them, I feel like she knows all of us. She cares about details of who we are. Like, and she asks about that. She celebrates it. And so having threes in your life who really, that you really do honor their vulnerability when they don't force it. Now, to be fair, Aaron and I have said, if anything crazy happens to us, make sure you film it because it would make great content. And so sometimes she has cried watching a trailer to the Mr. Rogers film, and I have secretly filmed the whole thing and be like, can I share this on the internet? And she's like, yes, you can, because we know it makes good content. So I, I think, again, it's about the people you love knowing. I think that's what you've modeled for us so well, Suzanne, in your teaching is learning about the people you love and understanding them and knowing them and meeting them where, like you just said, meeting them where they are and your relationships truly will flourish. And then when there's difficulty, you can kind of, your foundation is so sturdy that it doesn't have to break the relationship you have with someone. Yeah, it's like you have, you've got uh, money in the bank and you can make a withdrawal and still be fine. Just be fine. I think what, is, what you've taught me so much is when I got married, our, the pastor who married us, he made this metaphor about how we needed to be pots with lips that like curved outward because that helps us pour into other people. And I think hearing you talk tonight and he, just listening to your work, that is like he would always talk about the pot, like Jesus is a pot that has, you know, it pours outward. And the way that you have taught us to look at others, it feels very much like Jesus would look at others and care for others and how he paid attention to 
each different person and interacted with them in a different way as what they needed. And that is such a gift, I think, that you have so clearly given to all of us. And I'm just really grateful. Gosh, y'all. Thank you so much. What an honor for us. Such I mean, fun. such a joy. Such fun for us. Thank you yes. very much. Y'all want to thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And here's how Aaron feels now about this podcast. What? <laughs> having fun. This is such a fun episode. I'm glad we're doing it. I did have fun. Yeah. It was great. I loved the it. The Enneagram is favorite. Yeah. Good. I like it now.